morning and welcome to Real Truth For Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, and I have a question for you. How is your praise life? You know, we often talk about our prayer lives, but how is your praise life? Now, praise is a part of your prayer life, but it's a very distinct part. If you take time to read in the Bible the, the prayers that are recorded there. You know, the longest prayer in the Bible is, is in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 9. And when we read in the, uh, in the Bible of the prayers of the saints, you'll find that the prayers are always started with praise. We have that little acronym that we like to teach people, A-C-T-S, ACTS. And the A stands for adoration. We start our pray, our prayer with praise. We adore the Lord and we brag on him and we tell him, uh, you know, Lord, we need you and you are so great. This is how Nehemiah started his prayer. Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 5. Arise, bless the Lord your God forever and ever. That's what he told the people. Oh, and then he directs to God, oh, may your glorious name be blessed and exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You have made the heavens, the heaven of heavens with all their host, the earth and all that is in it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to all of them and the heavenly host bows down before you. You are the Lord God who chose Abram and brought him out of Ur of the Chaldees and gave him the name Abraham. And he goes on and on and just kind of recounts the history and all the great things that God has done, uh, had done for Israel. So praise is so important. I think it was Billy Sunday, the evangelist, who said, you know, we need to yank out some of the groans in our prayers and shove in some shouts and some hallelujahs and start praising the Lord because God is worthy of our praise. It says in the book of Psalms, Psalm 22, that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. And God dwells in the, he dwells on our praise. He, he is glorified when we praise him. Now I learned in college about the power of praise. I remember listening to a sermon that Adrian Rogers preached. He, he's my favorite preacher and he is the guy that God used uh, in my life as a young believer. And I just connected with him and I love to listen to his sermons. But he said this about praise. He said, uh, praise and thanksgiving, those two things, it's faith turned inside out. It says to God, God, I know that I can trust you even in the midst of difficulty, even in the midst of hardship. I know I can trust you because you alone are worthy and you're, you are over it all and you're worthy of my praise the power of praise. Now, in the scripture, we read Acts chapter 16 very vividly about the power of praise. If you remember the story, Paul is on his missionary journey with Silas, his second missionary journey. Remember, he had a, Barnabas was his first partner on the first missionary journey, but then they had a falling out in, uh, in Acts chapter 15, and they couldn't, uh, or Acts, where is it? Uh, it's right around in there. But um, 
they had a falling out because Barnabas wanted to take John Mark, but John Mark had bailed out on them before. And so uh, Paul said, no, we're not taking him. And there arose such a sharp disagreement that they said, we can't go together. And so Paul took Silas. And so he's on the missionary journey with Silas. They're in Philippi. They had the Macedonian vision, come over here and help us. And so God directed them to go to Philippi. They were there and they were preaching and Paul cast out a demon from this girl who was a fortune teller and she was bringing her master's much money with her fortune telling. Well, she was telling fortunes by the power of a demon. She was a demon possessed girl and Paul cast the demon out and it says when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, uh, they became very angry. You want to see um, you want to see somebody get angry, mess with their money because for most people, people without the Lord, uh, their money or, or their their God is gold and their creed is greed. And if you mess with their God money, uh, you will see them freak out on you. And so that's what happened to Paul and Silas. And uh, the masters of this girl, this fortune teller, said, these men have come here and they're telling us to do things that are not lawful for us to do as Romans. And they stirred up the crowd and they rushed upon Paul and Silas and they beat them with rods and they threw them into prison and they put their feet in the stocks in the inner prison they were. Uh, you can just imagine how horrible it was. First century prisons, uh, it's not like going to uh, a jail today. And uh, it's just an awful place. It would be dirty. It would be uh, dank and, and dark and wet and awful and smelly and yuck. And they they have their feet fastened in the stocks, which would make it extremely uncomfortable. And so here they are, beaten, bloodied with their feet in the stocks. And it says in the scripture, but about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise, and the prisoners were listening. The prisoners are always listening. Those who are imprisoned in sin don't know Jesus. The world out there that doesn't know Jesus, they're listening. They're watching us. They're listening to see what comes out of our mouths. Now, Paul and Silas, why were they in prison? For doing what was wrong? No. They were in prison, beaten beaten and in prison for doing what was right. They were preaching the Lord Jesus Christ, casting out a demon out of a a girl who was cruelly demon-possessed. That was right. They, They had done good. They had done the will of God, and yet they were incarcerated, beaten and incarcerated for doing the will of God. It would have been very easy for Paul and Silas in that moment at the midnight hour to get mad at one another to get mad at God, to say, well, God, this is how you treat us. We've left everything to follow you. We're on this missionary journey. We're your missionaries, and we're doing your will, and you're not supporting us, and and you're not seeing to it that that no harm befalls us. And uh, Silas could have turned on Paul and said, well, you know, Paul, you didn't have to do what you did. If you had just left that girl alone, then we wouldn't be in this mess. But you had to do it, didn't you? You just had to do it. And they could have started in in their 
fighting with one another. You know, when you're hurting and when you're suffering, um, you know, you can say things because you don't feel well uh, that are that are cutting and that are mean and that have uh, a, a sharpness to them. You can you can get frustrated very easily. They didn't do any of that. They were praying, and no doubt the prisoners that were there. Well, they've heard other people pray when they got put in prison. Um, they that's not a new thing to pray to your God. You know, when Jonah was going through uh, the difficulties on the sea in Jonah chapter one, uh, they were saying, pray to your God, a bunch of pagans, pray to your God. Maybe your God will have mercy on us. So they had heard prayers, but they didn't ever hear people singing hymns of praise to God. That caught their attention. Hey, you know what gets the attention of a lost world more than anything? It's when you're going through a rough time, a hard time, a difficult time, a painful time, a sorrowful time, and you can praise the Lord, and you still have a heart of gratitude, and you still have a heart of praise. That gets people's attention, and the prisoners were listening to them. And it says, Acts sixteen twenty six. and suddenly there came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors opened, he drew out his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. The jailer was responsible for those guys. If one of them escaped, then he was going to forfeit his life. So he said, oh, well, I don't want to go through the shame and the humiliation of being brought up before the magistrates and them having to kill me for dereliction of duty. I'll just do it myself. I'll kill myself and save myself the shame. So it says, but Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, do not harm yourself for we are all here. Nobody had left. Now, I've been in, in witnessing in jails. I've been into uh, state prisons and federal prisons, visiting people. I used to have a job when I worked for Nalco Chemical Company. Uh, TDCJ was one of my big accounts, Texas Department of Criminal Justice, one of my big accounts. And I would uh, go to the prisons quite often uh, as I worked on their uh, raw water treatment, their well water treatment. And so I'm familiar with that. And I know that if the prison doors are open, just bam, just like that, uh, the prisoners are going to leave. They're going to be like, this is our opportunity. The gates are open. Let's get out of here. But Paul said, hey, we are all here. None of those guys left because they recognized that they were in the midst of a miracle. They recognized that the power of God was on that jailhouse that night. And it says that the prison guard called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas, and after he brought them out, he said, what a question, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household, They didn't say go to church. They didn't say uh, pray the rosary. They didn't say, um, you know, do this, do that, do the other. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. What must I do to be saved? 
It's not what you do, it's what has been done. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He rose again from the dead. Put your faith and trust in him. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And if your household does the same, they'll be saved too. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were in his house. He took them that very hour of the night and washed their wounds. And immediately he was baptized, he and all his household. And he brought them into his house and set food before them them, and rejoiced greatly, having believed in God with his whole household. What an awesome story in the Bible, true account of the power of praise. How is your praise life? I remember some years ago, Debbie and I were getting ready to speak at a family life marriage conference in the King of Prussia, uh, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. or not the king of Prussia, it's called, it's a weird name for our city, king of Prussia, but it's king of Prussia, Pennsylvania, and uh, we were getting ready to speak there, and uh, when we put our luggage into the, the car, into the cab that was taking us to the hotel, somehow my bag that had all my notes for the weekend didn't get put into the car. And I, we get to the hotel, it's like, where's my carry-on bag that has all my notes for the weekend for hours of speaking? Where's that? Well, that, we don't have it. Uh, you didn't put it in the, in the car. I said to the driver, well, I, I, I gave it to you. I thought you were putting it in the car. No, I never saw it. I didn't put it in there. And so I'm thinking to myself, what are we going to do? I mean, I have one day and I have to recreate all my notes. You know, the, the chances of getting your bag back when it's lost at the airport are slim to none and slim left town. And so uh, I called the airport. No, we haven't seen it. And so I just prayed. I said, okay, Lord, you told me to consider it all joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And Debbie and I went to eat dinner, and I was just trusting the Lord. And I said, Lord, I'm going to praise you regardless of this situation. And while we were at dinner, I got a call from somebody who had my bag. They saw I had a business card in there, and they had called the church and gotten my number. And uh, they said, I have your bag. I said, where are you? I'll come come to you to get it. And they said, no, we'll deliver it to you. And they did. And it was such a testimony to me of the power of praise. I could have easily freaked out, but I didn't. I said, God, I trust you. You're, you are over all things. And even if I have to redo my notes, Lord, you're worthy of all my praise. Hey, you're listening to Real Truth for today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be taking your calls, so don't go away. The number to call is 1-888-589-8840. When an unplanned pregnancy happens to a mom in crisis, preborn clinics are there. I was extremely scared. The father did not want the child, and he had made me choose him or the baby. This mother chose life after meeting with preborn counselors and seeing her baby on ultrasound. I just felt so blessed and the hand of God on me so strong. And I knew then on I was going to serve God and I was going to keep this child and I was going to love him just like God loved me so unconditionally. Preborn centers met this mom in her darkest hour, helping her to choose not only life for her baby, but life in Jesus. He was our little miracle child. God's timing was impeccable. 
Preborn clinics are the largest providers of free ultrasounds in America, introducing moms to their preborn babies and helping them choose life. To find out more, visit preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. This is Jan Markell with Understanding the Times Radio. Won't you join me this weekend as I help you understand the times, contend for the faith, and become a watchman on the wall? I hope you'll join me each week as we do that together right here on Understanding the Times Radio. Saturday afternoon at 1 Central and Sunday afternoon at noon Central on American Family Radio. Washington Watch advances a culture where human life is valued and religious liberty thrives. Hello, this is Tony Perkins, host of Washington Watch, right here on the American Family Radio Network, inviting you to join us each weekend for the weekend edition of Washington Watch for the latest from our nation's capital on what is happening as it pertains to faith, family, and freedom. You'll hear from policymakers, congressional leaders, and others each day, 4 p.m. Central Time. Be there. The American Family Association presents the Marriage Family Life Conference 2022, along with a youth apologetics track. The Marriage Family Life Conference does not exclude children on purpose. It's It's built built in. in. We want families to come. And the thing is, if you look at what people who hate God are doing, they are going through great lengths to indoctrinate our children. Yes, And so this is a, a chance to be on offense. They're going to be equipped. You know, at the same time you're being equipped, we care about what's happening with our children. Please join us for this year's conference, July 7th of the 9th at the Bancourt South Arena in Tupelo, Mississippi. Register now at marriagefamilylife.net. Better hurry, though. Registration ends on May 15th. We're just looking for ways to help equip families for what's going on. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. From His Heart is heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio. I had mentioned uh, yesterday about my, uh, my contact on Twitter, and for those of you that like Twitter, uh, if you, I, I, I'm on Twitter uh, pretty much every day, and post different things. So if you'd like to uh, find out more, at Jeff Shreve, at Jeff Shreve, J-E-F-F-S-C-H-R-E-V-E. I tell people all the time, living in Texarkana, we're close to Shreveport. So if your name is Shreve, uh, people pick up on that. And I always say it's Shreve, but with a C. Shreve like Shreveport, but with a C. Uh, Most people get it wrong, and they spell it without the C, but that's okay. Uh, It's close enough, and it's kind of interesting. Uh, My name, Jeff Shreve, people who get my name wrong, they always call me Steve. I'll introduce myself. Hi, I'm Jeff Shreve. Hi, Steve. Uh, No, but that's okay, and when they get my wife's name wrong, Debbie, they always call her Diane, so we said that's our alter egos, Steve and Diane, But uh, we're talking about the power of praise. And the number to call is 1-888-589-8840. 
1-888-589-8840. Love to take your calls. The power of praise. Praise is so important. I was reading this morning about David, King David, when he was anointed king. You know, he's probably, we don't know exactly how old he was, 12, 13. I mean, he was so young that his dad didn't even bring him to the feast when Samuel, the great prophet, comes to anoint a king from one of the sons of Jesse. Jesse doesn't even think to bring David because David is the youngest. Surely God's not going to choose him. Here's the oldest. Here's Eliab. And Samuel thought, well, Eliab's the guy. He just looks like a king. But the Lord says, don't look on the outer appearance, the height of his stature, uh, because I have rejected him. The Lord uh, doesn't see as man sees. Man sees the outward, but the Lord sees the heart. And he chose young David because David was a man after God's own heart. And David is the one who kills Goliath. And David is the one uh, that the people sing. Uh, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. King Saul got jealous of David and David is on the run. He's on the run for years. He goes to flee to a place called Gath, which is in the land of the Philistines. That is the hometown of Goliath. Um, and David is really desperate. To, to He thinks he can flee to, to that place. Well, he, he's, he's a big name in Gath. You know, when you're the kid that kills their giant Goliath, uh, people know about you. And so they tell the king, his name was uh, Achish. Uh, he has the title of Bimelech. That's probably not a name. That's a title. But Achish, they said, hey, this is the guy that killed Goliath. This is the guy that they sing about. Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. And David had to pretend that he was crazy to save his skin. And he let the saliva run down in his beard. And he started scribbling on the, the wall of the city, the gates of the city. And and uh, King Achish said, do I lack uh, nut jobs in my kingdom that you bring me this guy? He's a madman. Get him out of here. And so David left Gath and he goes to the cave of Adullam. And in the cave of Adullam, he writes Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I love that because in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of him almost losing his life, in the midst of him being on the run from King Saul, David hadn't done anything wrong. He was a great asset to King Saul, but King Saul was jealous of David. And in the midst of all that, he could have gotten angry. He could have gotten bitter at God. God, why are you doing this to me? But he didn't. He praised the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Well, I would love to talk to you about this subject, the power of praise. The number to call is 1-888-589-8840. That's 1-888-589-8840. And we can talk about this important subject. And listen, I know that in any, in any instance, when I'm preaching a sermon to a crowd of people and people are watching online and people are watching later on television and when I'm on the radio, uh, I know that there are people out there and they're hurting. Uh, I learned in seminary, hey, in every pew there's a broken heart. 
And if you preach to broken hearts, you'll never lack for an audience. And so I know that there are people listening today that are hurting, maybe hurting physically, hurting emotionally, have, have experienced the tremendous pain of the loss of a loved one, uh, are experiencing the, the hurts of, uh, of the loss of a job or some situation in your family. Maybe you're going through a, a very painful divorce and it's really, really hard to praise the Lord. You know, James tells us, consider it all joy. That means that it doesn't mean that it is all joy. Consider it all joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And so that consider it all joy means that you put it in the joy column. That, that word consider is an accounting term. It means you take an item and you put it in just like an accounting. That can be a, an asset or, or a, a, a debit, a credit or a debit. And so you put it in the asset column. You put it in the plus side. You don't put it on the minus side. Put it in the plus side and just say, Lord, I'm going to look at that thing, no matter what it is. It could be terrible, horrible, awful. I'm going to look at it as a plus because you're going to do something great with it. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect result that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing so david praised the lord david said uh, his praise shall continually be in my mouth and when i'm at my lowest and when things are at the worst i'm going to bless the lord and i'm going to praise his name and my soul is going to make its boast in the lord and the humble will hear it and rejoice. Hey, God is glorified when in the midst of our difficulty, we praise him. No matter what's going on, we say, Lord, you're over it all. Lord, you are worthy, worthy, worthy. Lord, you are king. The Lord sat as king at the flood. Yes, the Lord sits as king forever. And the king is worthy of our praise when times are good, he's worthy of our praise. And when times are bad, he's worthy of our praise. We can trust him no matter what. David goes on to say, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. You know, Psalm 34, verse 6 especially, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. That is the verse that God used to bring a demonized murderer to faith in Christ. His name is David Berkowitz. He was known as the son of Sam Killer. He went on a killing spree and a maiming spree as he shot a bunch of people in New York one summer in the 1970s. He was incarcerated for his crimes. The prison guards were afraid of him. They, his name is David Berkowitz. They called him David Berserkowitz. They said, that guy, there's something about him 
that's very scary because uh, the, the devil had his hands on David Berkowitz. Well, David Berkowitz was witnessed to by one of the guys in prison. He was given a, a Gideon New Testament with Psalms and Proverbs, and he began to read it. And he read Psalm 34, verse 6, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. And David Berkowitz said, That's me. I'm a poor man. And he cried out to the Lord. And he asked God to forgive him. And he asked God to save him. And he asked God to take his life and do something with his life. He just poured out his heart to the Lord. And... Jesus did exactly what he said he would do. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my load is light. And David Berkowitz was saved that night about 15 years ago in his cell in prison as he cried out to the Lord. What a testimony. You can look him up online. He has a website. I think it's called Forgiven for Life. And he witnesses for the Lord inside of prison. Well, we have a caller on the line. It is Lee from Virginia. Lee, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Yes, I'd just like to uh, listen to you talking about, you know, praising the Lord. And, and sometimes it's hard to do that. And, uh, I listen to Dan sell you three or four days a week, sometimes five days a week. And I never had a dollar to invest. I never I needed really his financial advice because I, I just didn't have the money. But he blessed me so much with other things that he said and things about the future and wisdom, you know, about what to prepare for and, and things about God and how he got saved. Uh, I think he was listening to Charles Stanley in a radio in his car. And, you know, uh, I always try to remember when I go to a funeral home or I'm a minister, but I'm not a pastor. I just help people when they need help. And, and uh, I always try to bring it, you know, uh, sometimes when somebody dies, you know, we ask God, you know, why did that person die? It meant so much to us and so much to the church. But I always try to remind them, you know, we ought to thank God for that we had these people in our life that ought to praise God, you know, that, uh, yes, maybe they did leave like Dan, who wasn't an, an older person, but, you know, how much he meant to us the time that we had him. And I hope his family's listening you know, Dan, it, like I said, even though I didn't have any money to invest, and uh, he meant so much to me and, and a lot of other people that I've known my whole life. I feel like I'm a better person, and I become a better person because of them. And mm. I do thank God and praise God for them. That is so good. Well, thank you for that, Lee. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, what a testimony to uh, Dan's legacy and the ministry that God gave him to uh, to encourage, to help people in their finances and uh, just to be a light shining in a dark place and, and to, uh, you know, as the Scripture says, let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And if his family is listening, that uh, they will no doubt are blessed by uh, your testimony and and to hear how much uh, 
their loved one ministered to you and made a difference. So thanks so much for that, Lee. Thank you for calling in. Well, we have to be reminded about the power of praise, and we have to be uh, encouraged to continue to keep our eyes fixed on the Lord and to continue to praise Him. Listen, we all are going to go through difficulties in life. Jesus said, in the world you have tribulation, but be of good courage. I have overcome the world. Job, who went through so many struggles, said, man is born for trouble as sparks fly upward. A man who is born of woman is short-lived and full of turmoil and full of trouble. And it's in the midst of trouble, if we will look to the Lord, if we will praise the Lord, if we will say, Lord, I don't understand why this is happening, but I know that you're good, and I know that I can trust you no matter what. That blesses God, and that uh, opens the floodgates for God to do great things in our midst as we praise him. I remember hearing a story that Adrian Rogers told about the power of thanksgiving and praise. And he said that he had uh, rented a, or somebody had given him a motor home and he was driving uh, across several states to have a little vacation and go to a meeting and do some kind of business and pleasure there. And he said he started having trouble with the motor home and he said it w- wouldn't go. Um, so it, it, it would travel about 35 miles an hour. So he said, you know, I'm out on the freeway going 35 miles an hour and then it's... Uh, it's a problem because it's 35 miles an hour top speed, then it was 25 miles an hour, and then it quit running altogether. And he said, I'm out and they took it to a garage and they said, I missed her. I don't know what's wrong with it. It'll take me two days to tear this apart. And he said, I don't have two days. So he's in the parking lot. He said, when it quit running, he's in the parking lot of this this um, department store and didn't know what to do. And, and uh, his wife said, Adrian, have you thanked God? And he said, okay. I hadn't done that yet. Let me do that. He said, God, I thank you that this motorhome won't work. I thank you that I don't know what to do. I thank you that I'm out in the middle of nowhere with no one that I can see who can help me. God, I thank you for all of it. And immediately after his prayer, he saw some guys, a few cars over, and he said to those guys, hey, can you help me? And they took a look at the vehicle, and they said, hey, I see what's wrong. This little screw is loose. And they tightened up the screw, and they said, try it now, mister. And all of a sudden, the vehicle began to run, tip-top shape. It was fixed just like that. And it was fixed as a result of his praise, his thanksgiving, his rejoicing in the Lord, even though it was through kind of a, a stiff jaw because he was frustrated. Hey, God begins to work when we begin to praise. I would love to take your calls. The number to call is 1-888-589-8840. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Real Truth for Today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shree. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA upholds the truth that all human beings, including the unborn, are created in the image of God and are worthy of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation 
Thank you for standing with us. Bishop E.W. Jackson. What needs to be told to these black men is get a job, stop fathering children that you can't take care of, stop hanging out in the streets, and stop acting like the cops are your enemy anytime you interact with them, particularly when you're interacting with them in a situation where you know they've come expecting potential trouble because of the circumstances you've allowed yourself to be in. How about trying that? Weekdays at noon central on American Family Radio. The expression of God passing by is common in the Bible. This is Jim Garlow. It represents times when the Lord revealed himself to people, particularly during a crisis. When Moses was up on the mountaintop, God revealed himself to him by passing by. He appeared to Elijah, who was hiding in a cave after he ran from Jezebel. At one point, God called him out of the cave so that he could pass by. When a blind man heard that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by in a crowd, he called out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Isaiah 43, 2 says, The Lord who created you says, When you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. Remember that when the tumultuous waves of circumstance seems too overwhelming. There's more at wellversedworld.org. Millions of persecuted believers, they're suffering and they can use your prayers and financial support right now. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International in the country of Zambia, the place where the famous missionary David Livingstone carried out years of ministry. Shadrach is an elder in a shanty church. He had word that there was an attack coming one Sunday and sure enough, 20 radicals showed up in attempt to kill all the Christians gathered for worship in that service, about 200 in number. Now in self-defense, Shadrach had a handgun. He used it on a man named Ishmael, didn't kill him, but he injured him, but nursed him back to health. He was a livestock farmer, so he took care of the man's livestock. The daughter of that man could not read, could not write, so Shadrach would teach her to read and write using a Bible League program. And I can tell you, in grateful response, the entire family and 80 former radicals have come to place their faith in Jesus Christ. They need Bibles at $5 a Bible. Would you pray about it? And then call 800-YES-WORD. 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 Or give at sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We're talking about the power of praise. Psalm 34, verse 1, David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. We're taking your calls, one 888 589-8840. That's 1-888-589-8840. And we have Lori on the line from Texas. Lori, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Thank you. Sure. Uh, How are you I, doing today? I'm doing okay. Um, very interesting weekend. Um, just It's just really interesting of what you're you're talking about and and the power of praise. And I just, I sense that there's just um, someone that was just really going through a really hard season. I lost my uh, mother earlier in the year in January and uh, she was a Christian, she's a Christian and she is, she is with the Lord. And, uh, but she just, she had a really long, a lot of health issues and she had a, a battle with cancer. And, um, you know, the last couple of years in the middle of the pandemic and her being sick, it was just hard. And I was asking the Lord, you know, what, what good can come from this and help me understand 
my role and and how what am I supposed to do in in this season? And he just directed me to start praying for certain things from that she would not leave this earth one day earlier than she was supposed to, to that we would have a, all have a chance to say goodbye when her time came. Because he just gave me the sense that yes, he had all power. He has all power and authority to heal her on this side of heaven, but her race was coming to an end, and he he was able to help see and help us see in the process the work that he was doing, where even in her death, um, it brought glory to the Lord. Because one of my friends was at the memorial service, and she'd never been to a memorial service where this much focus was on the Lord and it, that really ministered to her spirit. And um, just that this could be a hard time, you know, for some, for some of us who maybe this is their first and that, you know, when we're in, in the center of the Lord's focus and not us, but when he is in our focus and he's directing us and leading us, he can show us how to pray, how to, how to praise him in the midst and to be able to see the good in everything he's doing. It's still, it's still hard. Right. It ain't easy. <laughs> no, but. it's not. It's not easy. But in the midst of that, God really pours out his, his grace and his peace when we, when we choose to put it in the plus column, when we consider it all joy and say, God, I'm not going to gripe and complain about this. I'm going to trust you and I'm going to praise you. Laurie, that's a great testimony. Thanks so much for uh, calling in today and sharing that. And uh, we just pray your God's blessings upon you and your family. Thank you for, uh, for blessing us with that testimony. Well, we have Judy from Texas. Judy, welcome to Real Truth for today. Uh, good morning, Jeff. Good morning. I, I live in a small town uh, just north of the Dallas area called Bells, Texas. And in 2001, my grandson was born, and he had to be care flighted to Children's Hospital in Dallas. <clears throat> and we learned that night that he had seven major heart defects, any one of which could take his life. And the most major one was that the whole left side of his heart had never developed. He only had the right side of his heart. And I cried, and I cried that night. And we were in a hotel by the hospital, and I was looking for a Bible, and... <laughs> There was no Bible in the hotel room, and all I had was my daily devotional that I'd just thrown into the backpack on our way to the hospital, and I cried all night saying, God, it's impossible. He's going to die. I know he's going to die, and it's just impossible. Well, through my tears the next morning, I, grabbed, I searched for a Bible, couldn't find a Bible in the hotel room found my daily devotional in my backpack. And when I opened that daily devotional, there on that page it said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Luke eighteen twenty seven. And I fell down on my knees by that bed, and I begged God to forgive me for saying the word impossible, and I told him I would never say that word again. Hmm. And I 
I'm so thrilled to tell you that all the prayers, we live in a small community. Every church in town was praying for my grandson. He's uh, about to turn 21. Oh, wow. He's uh, a junior at Texas A&M in the engineering department, and he has such a heart for the Lord. Mm. He's going on a mission trip to Africa next week. And I'm not saying he's not, it's still a struggle, but he doesn't look at it like that. He looks at every day as an opportunity, and he's such a bright light, and God has blessed us and answered so many prayers. And, I mean, when you have a whole community praying, and mm-hmm. they see God being so merciful, it's you just can't help but fall on your knees and praise God. Wow. What a great testimony, Judy. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, I was thinking about the word impossible. Uh, Somebody shared with me years ago, and when you look at the word impossible, just remember, I'm possible with God. Impossible means I'm possible with God. So as Jesus said, with men it's impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. And what a great testimony. Judy, thank you so much for sharing that with us and encourage our hearts. We need to keep praying. And when it looks like it's over and there's no hope, remember that God is the God of hope. So thank you for calling in. We have Bobby from Mississippi. Bobby, thank you for calling today. You're on Real Truth for Today. Well, thank you. I've just enjoyed listening to you every day. I've just well, found out. From AFR, I'm in the hometown of AFR, and uh, I I just love getting up and listening to you every morning, and I want you to know what a blessing you have been and uh, the truths that you bring out. And I'm uh, 93. Wow. You sound great. I'm thankful that the Lord, I was saved when I was 18, and uh, through these years, uh, the different you mentioned Adrian Rogers. Of course, he's near my hometown, and I've, through the years, he's been a blessing to me. I just want you to know how thankful I am, and I, I've tried every way to get in touch. Uh, I, I don't have the modern convenience just to telephone, <laughs> but that's a, a, a nice tool to have when you have people that you're praying for, and I just would like for you to know that I'm remembering you and my prayers. Oh, Bobby, that's so sweet. That means so much to me. So my mom is 93 years old, and uh, we just went, and my wife and I visited her in Houston uh, just a few days ago, and she's she's doing great. She has a great attitude. She loves the Lord, and uh, she said, you know, um, I don't really hurt. I just can't see well or hear well, and I can't walk. But other than that, yeah. things are good. And so... Uh, well, I- I, I'm I'm thankful. I just had a, a pacemaker, and I, I feel like I'm so much younger. I can get around. I do my <laughs> own. I do my own little thing. My cooking and my all my housework, and I'm, the Lord has just so blessed me. I, but I've lived for the Lord ever since I gave my heart to Him years Amen. ago, Amen. and uh, I can't tell you. Uh, what a blessing! I just it in, in my prayer life, it, it's just not enough words to say how much uh, 
but I thank the Lord and praise Him for what He's done for me. Amen. And I, I just uh, would pray that everybody from this day forward would turn their hearts over to and accept Jesus as their Savior. And that that's my mission now yes. is to share. That is great. And, and try to lead as many people as I can to the Lord. That's exactly right. And the power of prayer. And I appreciate so much, Bobby, that you praying for me and, and your encouragement to my heart. And so thank you for listening. Thank you for um, for being a blessing. Thank you for calling in today. And, and uh, you know, Bobby's testimony is a, a testimony of, hey, as you get older, if you will walk with God, doesn't mean you're not going to have trouble in life, but he will give you joy. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I remember hearing an Adrian Rogers sermon some years ago, and he, he made this statement, the devil has no happy old people. God has tons of happy old people. You know, getting older is not for sissies. That's hard because things don't work. As my mom said, hey, I can't, I can't see very well. I can't hear hardly anything, and uh, I can't walk anymore. You know, as you get older, you feel like your usefulness is gone, but it's not. And God has you here on this earth for such a time as this to make a difference. And I appreciate Bobby's desire to make a difference and let the world know that uh, God has sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, the scripture says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, very very short little passage, but an encouragement and a challenge and a command to our hearts. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always, regardless of what's going on. Make the choice to rejoice and pray without ceasing. That means to to pray. You call God up. The first thing uh, in the morning when you wake up, you call upon the Lord. It's like calling him on the phone, and you don't ever hang up the line. Pray without ceasing doesn't mean you're just constantly uh, talking to the Lord and, and not talking to anybody else. You, you couldn't function, but it means that, uh, that you call him up and the line is always open and at any time you can continue that conversation with God um, and you're, you're reading his word, which is him talking to you, and you're praying back to him, talking to him, sharing your heart with him, letting him know what's going on in your life. And then it says in everything, not some things, not most things, uh, not just the good things, in everything, good things, bad things, all the in-between things, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will in Christ Jesus concerning you. This is God's will that we give thanks. Now, not everything that happens to us is God's will. You know, if somebody uh, attacks us, that's not God's will. Somebody, you know, you read about murder and rape and arson and, and violence against other people and extortion and uh, lies and all the terrible things that, that we do to one another. That's not the will of God, but it's in, it is the will of God that in all things that happen to you, that happen to me, that we give thanks. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, that you're thankful 
and that you're grateful. I love the story of Corey Ten Boom and her sister Betsy. And they, you know, they had a terrible time in the Nazi concentration camp. And they were put in one camp and they had uh, their barracks were filled with fleas. And Betsy, who is the more mature Christian than Corey, uh, she's told, she told Corey, now we have to praise God and give thanks for all things. And Corey said, Betsy, I'm not thanking God for fleas. I hate fleas. There are fleas everywhere. This is awful. This is miserable. You try and sleep at night and the fleas are biting you and you're scratching your legs and I'm not thanking God for the fleas. And Betsy said, Corey, we need to thank God even for the fleas. Well, what happened was they had smuggled in a Bible into that barracks, and they were able to have Bible study with those ladies that were incarcerated there at that concentration camp with them. And uh, they were amazed that the guards never came back there during their Bible studies. They never confiscated their Bibles. They never did any of that stuff. And they learned why. It was because of the fleas. The guards didn't want to be around the fleas, so the guards never went back to those barracks. So Corey and Betsy were given freedom to share the truth of Scripture with desperate ladies because of the fleas. Hey, we don't understand why things happen the way they do. We don't understand the, uh, the details that come into our lives that we think these are terrible. Hey, God can use those things. He works all things together for good to those who love him and to those who are called according to his purpose. So maybe you have some fleas in your life today. Maybe you have some things that you just can't stand. Trust God with that. Give him thanks. Give him praise. Say, Lord, I don't understand why this is happening. I don't know how you're going to use this, but I know you're the God who is over it all, and I know that I can trust you no matter what. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Thank you for being uh, with us today on Real Truth for Today. And I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Shreve, at J-E-F-F-S-C-H-R-E-V-E. I'd love to interact with you online. Make it a great day. May God bless you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.